Is it possible to buy anything that doesn't come with a California Proposition 65 warning? I mean, you, you can't stand on the jetway in San Francisco without saying a Prop 65 warning. That one I sort of understand. Like, you're actually breathing the, D- the jet A fumes. True. But that one, like, like of all the places, that one seems pretty bad. <laughs> probably not going to, like, chew on the sprocket for my drum sander. You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to episode 440, 440 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, joined by Seth Miller and Fosma Moon. Hello, gentlemen. Hello there. Howdy. Seth and I tried to call United yesterday uh, to apply some plus points for him, uh, and then we're met with the, uh, the your wait time is 90 minutes, <laughs> and promptly hung up. <laughs> oh, here, and here I thought you were going to tell me you got B. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you think she remembers us? Oh, so there's a high chance that she might remember us. Specifically, like, Foz and I calling, you know, within a few days of each other, and then she was like, someone else tried to do this. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, can, can we talk about that briefly also, though? Like, I, I, maybe I shouldn't be too surprised, but I'm, I'm booked on a, uh, premium economy ticket on Lufthansa Metal, and you can't upgrade it with, no, with plus points. It's the, it's the, I guess, R, maybe, is the lowest bucket. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't realize that when I booked it, but because there's no change fees, if I downgrade to economy by paying $25 more in fare, it should be upgradable. Yes, theoretically. That's that's the because it's a vomit V fare, right? Yeah, it goes down it goes down, quote unquote, to a V fare and then it's upgradable. Yeah. I love airlines, man. L- logic, man. Tell you. To be fair, I am giving them more money first, but <laughs> It's when I called and they were like, "Well, we can't do that because he's on the lowest premium economy fare." I was like, "Okay, what's what's your point?" I don't like. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was very confused. I mean, I'm, and I'm sure I knew this at one point before, but it was just very weird to run into it now. Yeah, they haven't exactly figured out premium economy yet. I think we're going to talk a little bit about that, right? Yeah, I want to talk about that more on the premium topics later. But yeah. our premium, our Patreon thing <laughs> there. Uh, everything's an upgrade, man. Uh, I have lots of thoughts about that beyond just United. Yeah, yeah. I think for our Patreon subscribers, we're going to talk about it in the bonus. Um, but let's talk about Widero and Norwegian. They're merging. Norwegian bought Widero. I'm sad. Well, I'm I'm only sad if the inevitable happens and they manage to destroy it. But but isn't that like Norwegian's mo? Have they bought anyone else to destroy, or have they just managed to... They just destroy everything they touch. They're like, oh, transatlantic routes? Nah. Like, boom. Um, yeah, that was pretty bad. But, but Norse seems to think it's no big deal. Uh, yeah, it, this is an interesting one. So, Widrow is mostly a uh, Dash 8 operator. Right? They fly the props all around Norway and a couple international routes. They've got three E-90s in their fleet also. But... In the fleet's about 50 planes. Most of their routes are uh, public service obligations, so they're subsidized by the government um, with our you know, fare capped and things like that. Um, and it was interesting in the sort of some of the filing documents about it. Basically, Norwegian's like, yeah, they have it's small, but it's a very steady income flow. It doesn't have the seasonal variations that Nor- the Norwegian side has with, you know, people not flying nearly as much in the winter. And between that and, you know, just the 
general fact that they represent 20% of domestic traffic, mm-hmm. even on a bunch of small uh, props. Norwe- Norwegian basically sees this as an opportunity to get sort of some, to steady out the cash flow and to increase its appeal for the business traveler market within Norway, which is where it thinks it'll finally make money. I mean, yes, it's good work if you can get it. Yes. Well, Widero is interesting to me because they, they fly to a lot of destinations that Norwegian doesn't. Like yeah. they're, you know, like stuff within Norway and the Nordics in general. Yeah, there's, there's almost no overlap on their route. Yeah. So to me, that makes sense. Like, okay, we're buying them for their destinations is really what they're doing. Yeah. My question is, can you really generate feed? Mm-hmm. And maybe, right? Like they showed the map showed, I think Trondheim and Oslo as key connecting points where you prop your way to one of those from a small town and then get on a jet and go where you actually are trying to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess today you would do that through a interline, maybe with SAS, but probably, and maybe it's just a straight interline without uh, preferred pricing or something like that. I don't know how that works, but, mm. um, but, you know, you look at some of the places, a lot of the places Widero flies are, like, short, very short, less uh, well-developed airstrips, shall we say. <laughs> we used to joke about Continental would put an E-145 on any dirt strip it could find in Mexico. Uh, this is the same idea, except they're not dirt strips because, you know, ice. and ice. They're ice strips. Yeah, close. <laughs> they fly to the Pharaohs. They do fly to Pharaohs. I'm going to be taking that flight in a few weeks. Which was a Bergen one? I'm taking Bergen to Pharaoh. They fly to Pharaoh? I didn't know that. Bergen to... I know the Bergen. There may be others, but I think it, I know Bergen on, on one of the props. Hour 45 block time. I didn't realize it was on one of the props because they also have E2s, right? They have a couple of Embers, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're E2s or E1s, but yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I got super excited for that. Uh, we can blame Ed for me picking that. Right. <laughs> And blame Ed for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Do I mean, it's gonna be awkward when he doesn't show up after getting his other should go there. So, do you think? I mean, Widero, do you think they keep the Q4s and the Q2s? I mean, yeah, they, they, have, they, they have to, right? A bunch of the routes they operate won't work with the bigger jets. That's true. Which also raises a different question of what are they going to do because those planes can't last forever. Yeah. Go to the go to ATRs. I guess I'm not sure they have the same sort of short. Uh, distressed runway performance, but that's that's true. Yeah, I just don't know. I'm gonna start buying 737 200s and refitting them or something with gravel kits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, to keep the gravel kit. Do Do you think this lasts? I mean, do you think this actually goes through? I guess is the more important question, or the the question I'm trying to ask. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I I mean, the only reason I could see it not is if somehow the Norwegian government gins up some idea of, oh, it's a competition, you you know, antitrust, you're reducing competition, that's not good for business, and sort of does it to protect SAS, mm. which is, last I checked, still partly state-owned. Um, yeah. So, which is a sketchy, crappy thing to do, but I could sort of almost see them try, but I don't know. Fascinating. Um, and then JetBlue is bailing on NEA, uh, but Americans going to appeal it? Politics? Hashtag something? Hashtag something. <laughs> uh, yeah, this. so JetBlue announced the other day that they are going to not appeal the 
ruling that says they have to destroy their Northeast agreement with American Airlines at New York and Boston. Uh, basically saying by getting rid of this, we expect that the Department of Justice will no longer be worried about us having ties to a major carrier as part of our merger with Spirit. So they'll just go ahead and approve that. Um, obviously, that is a massive leap of faith. And as we've talked about before, there's some things in the initial ruling that would suggest perhaps that's not going to be so easy to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to try that. But American put out a statement about an hour later, and they had known about it for a week or so, according to some of the filings, when Jeff, when JetBlue put out its statement. American put out a statement about an hour later, half an hour later maybe, saying, we appreciate that JetBlue has decided to move on in its own direction. We intend to continue our appeal. <laughs> and there's two ways I could think about this. One is they think it's the right thing to do and you don't want to let bad law get set even if it's not technically able to be considered precedent, mm-hmm. which is my understanding of what this ruling is. It's not officially precedent, but it certainly shows some pathways to decisions. Uh, the other is my, presumably the agreement has breakup fees involved that are waived if forced by the government. Okay. And one of the interesting nuggets in the initial ruling about how skewed the relationship was is that the way the way the way it was structured is they were both airlines were incented to grow at new york and at boston and they had some arrangement of fees based on how many seats they added and american massively skewed heavy with its wide bodies adding all the transatlantic stuff or the long haul stuff right they did tel aviv and a bunch of other routes um adding all those new routes JetBlue owed them $200 million or something like that at the end of the first year. And they agree, they, at the end of the first year of the agreement, they agreed to consider it force majeure, even though force majeure was explicitly excluded in the contract and blamed COVID, even though COVID was explicitly excluded in the contract and knocked it down to only $27 million. And the judge, I would argue justifiably is like, look guys, see, you're not even enforcing your own rules correctly. You're clearly trying to do more than what is written into the letter of the agreement. Stop screwing with us. But I could also vaguely see how perhaps this year's, you know, agreement also calls for another $200 million to be paid. And this time American doesn't want to write it down. And so they're willing to spend a couple million in legal fees in hopes of getting the ruling overturned. And then JetBlue has walked away. And But then it also is JetBlue doing this because they want to preserve their merger with Spirit. Yes. Could JetBlue just turn on American and divulge more information to get them out? Like, oh, hey, here are those other emails we forgot to share with you that shows we really were colluding? Yeah. Yeah, but they're 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 Yeah, it's like self-incriminating, right? Like, Yeah. And admitting that you didn't fully disclose the stuff when you were probably subpoenaed the first time. So let's hope they don't actually have data that would allow for that. Yeah, I don't, I mean... I mean, I guess if you're the judge, right, and you have one side saying, yeah, we don't really want to care about this anymore, and the other side trying to force it, wouldn't you just say this isn't worth even trying to pursue? Well, uh, yes, but I wonder if, you know, they American could win the appeal and still not have the NEA re- reestablished. Right? They could win the, the ruling that says this type of agreement is, in fact, legal. If anyone else wants to do one, you're welcome to. But the and, NEA is done. But the NEA still remains dissolved. 
potentially millions of dollars in breakup fees. And no, right. The, the other problem is as it's written, as the ruling is written, it would seem to be that basically no competition ever is allowed. Like hmm. no, no merger is ever allowed because every merger reduces competition. So they, they want to make sure that they're insulating from that. In but, the future. but if they're not allowed to have, if they rule the uh, NEA not permissible, why would AA be deemed worthy of breakup fees if they're not allowed to move forward with that? That's what I don't understand. Uh, I haven't seen the contracts. I'm not sure, but I would imagine it has to do with whether the government forced it or not. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. So a different, a different kind of force majeure, right? Like, if I had a contract with either of you, I would certainly try to add in there, I owe you money or you owe me money if we break it up. But if we are forced to by legal requirements outside of our control, no harm, no foul. Okay. I mean, American could just raise rates at the Admiral's Club. And that. You think, you think they can make up the millions of dollars that way? Yeah. Well, they're already doing that conveniently, but I don't think that's going to make up the. I just thought it was a good transition. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it was. Uh, that that is quite the increase. Yeah. So what's what's happening? I mean, Americans saying you're going to pay more to get into the Admirals Club now. Is that? Yeah, how... the, the standard. We're going to raise all the rates and also improve benefit, improve amenities. So at least they're theoretically trying. That's good news. Um, but. I want to say a, a straight up membership is going to be $900 a year now, uh, which is a lot. Uh, who is paying these fees, though? I have no, excuse me, 850 I have no idea. But the, the other part is a day pass is going up to $80, $79. Holy but, crap. But is the credit card staying the same price? The credit card is going from 450 to 595 And almost as important, uh, Additional card members, which currently are the first three are free and also come with a loud membership, will go to 175 for three and then an additional 175 for each member after that. Holy crap. So, well, and especially for the, you know, people who have gone in together and bought, you know, maybe they rotate year around year by year. A group of four people could pay basically 100 bucks a year each and share the membership. Yeah, as additional cardholders, as long as you trusted each other not to screw screw up on charges, uh, that go that that loophole goes away, goes up to about eight hundred dollars basically for four people. I, I have a lot of thoughts. Like, I Wait, want to share all of them. I so I, at what point are we going to reach it where American, just like United, says no more day passes? Like, well, we're not honoring day passes right now, or Delta for that matter. Um, and then on top of that, when are they going to say, oh, well, if it's a credit card membership you have, we're not letting those in right now. Like, I feel like we're headed that way. I don't believe they'll get to if it's a credit card membership you don't get in yet. On top. I don't think they'll get there because that's just too important. Yeah. yeah. They'll do a Delta and say uh, Platinum Elites on International Economy don't get in before they do that. Mm-hmm. Which Platinum is their version of gold everywhere else, right? It just, it, it just makes, it just is really hard for me to understand this. Um, I mean, I guess crowded, and you know, but you haven't heard nearly as much about American lounges being crowded, or maybe it's because we don't fly American. I don't know. I, I, I don't think any lounges have been nearly as bad. Honestly, the times that I've been there, I also yeah. give them a lot of credit for setting out 
uh, photos of like a breakfast omelet that is just exquisitely plated with like <laughs> fancy little cucumbers with what looks like maybe a piece of shaved radish on top and like a dollop of cream cheese. Who, who eats that for breakfast? And microgreens? Like, forget who eats it. It's never, literally never going to be served that way in a while. Also, also, look how large it is compared to the fork. Oh, it's tiny. <laughs> it's like a bite. It's a one egg omelet. Let's go there. <laughs> no, that's a half, that's a half egg omelet. But like, it's never going to look that good when actually served. And I, I know that's marketing and fine, but it's just funny to me to see that. Um, I mean, I think the food options getting better is a good thing. Uh, some of the premium food options will become free instead of paid. Although it seems like they're going to still keep some paid stuff too. So that still sucks. Um, and, and then they're going to like, go. And they're going to have more like spirits that are free as well, right? Yeah. They're going to open up the booze a little bit. Craft beer goes from paid to free. Uh, we'll see. What, I don't have, you know, they, it's a press release. So I'll have to see the rest of the details. But it's, it's very similar to United, right? Like what they've done in the clubs. It's very similar. Yeah. But United charges for decent beer stuff. Uh, like, I don't know. I was in the United Club in Chicago and I ordered like what I thought was like a craft beer. It was some local brew and it was free. Okay. I, when I was in Dallas, I went to get one and there. She was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to charge you for that. I'm like, well, F that. Give me the cheap stuff. Yeah. I mean, when was, when was that? April. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's still that way. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I just picked a better beer than you. Who can say? Probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The other couple of interesting things with the, uh, credit card credit that I thought were touching on, uh, if you spend more than $150,000 on American in any calendar year, your 4X spend bonus uh, in points goes to 5X. So you get five points per dollar instead of just four. So that, that's an increase, which, you know, if you are spending a lot of money on the card and especially at buy a lot of tickets. Um, is it is it retro? Is it retroactive or only spending above the $100,000? So you get four points per dollar on all spend in American or qualifying spend in American. And then at 150000 Anything that and beyond becomes five x. Okay, I think if you're spending under fifty thousand dollars at American, you need to uh, track yourself into an institution. Well, or is American offer a, like a program like United's where you can sort of prepay that stuff and get the status for free? Can you get concierge key? Can you pay for concierge key? Tony, United will sell global services if you put enough money into a prepaid bank. Yeah, it's pass pass plus or whatever. Yeah. So anyway. Um, that was one thought I had. I couldn't find details on it, if it really exists or not. Um, and then, but you also, uh, $120 back on Avis or budget car rentals every year and 10x points on car rentals booked through their portal, uh, $120 back on Grubhub each year, up to $10 each month. And my favorite, $120 in Lyft credits, $10 credit each month, but it's only after you've taken your first three rides. That's smart marketing. <laughs> right like if you're lift you don't want to give that away you want to actually generate additional tra- uh traffic yeah additional business so it's interesting i'm i still think like we've got like this weird airlines are just credit cards with that happen to fly airplanes <laughs> like it's strange it's a strange incestuous relationship yeah where would you get that idea I have no idea. None whatsoever. Um, and we had a listener question. Seth, uh, I'll let you take this one. Um, yeah, it was a passenger very frustrated, uh, stuck in Denver for far too long with delayed flights and just wondering if we were going to see something akin to EU 261 regulations coming out that might help make their life better. Um, and, you know, for better or worse, the DOT has been 
dancing around it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see it happening in a way that is sufficiently substantial for passengers, but I'd like I, I'd like to be proven wrong, but I just I just don't see it. Foz, what do you think? Uh, I'm with Seth on this. I'd love to see it, but <laughs> yeah, I think there'll be some small. There might be some small nods toward. I mean, right? The stuff that was talked about was like if your short haul flight is three hours delayed, they have to give you a refund even if it operates. But if it's an international flight, it has to be more than twenty four hours. Well, that I mean, that might stop Delta from pulling some of their shenanigans, like having a continuing flight so that they get completion with a different aircraft type. Yeah, and only half the passengers on board. Yeah, exactly. And sending a second plane to pick up the rest of the passengers to fly on a special flight number? Yeah. Why, why, why would that be weird? <laughs> I just think about, like, there are, like, continuous delays that they like to do. Like, they'll they'll delay the flight for 23 hours, and then it'll yeah. operate an hour before the next version of that same flight. Yeah. Um, so they don't take the cancellation. Um, well, I think, we, I mean, what, candidly, I think they should do it right, and which is probably more realistic, is change the 15-minute rule. Right. The problem is, which one? Well, once your pet delayed more than 15 minutes, it doesn't matter how long you're delayed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just a delay at that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Can make it make it so that there's some kind of compounding in the reporting. Yeah. yeah there, so there is actually, there are tiers of it, but again, this goes back, you know, going back forever, the, the sort of basic, the, the top line number is just that A14, right? Arrival plus 14 minutes or, or better. So, yeah, that'd be an interesting. There are systems that report it, and I've done some analysis with them, but um, yeah, that would be an interesting approach. So, um, I'm I'm kind of with you guys. I don't. I would like to see it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think there's. I think the the thing that I would like to see is we've we've got a mutual friend who had a cancellation or a delay, um, and we're just going to miss their connection, and they had to go fly somebody else, and then getting the airline united to to acknowledge their delay and refund them the ticket of the flight that they never took uh has been a hassle i think that this this stuff shouldn't require us to go to the dot to file a complaint um this should be this should be much easier and much simpler um so i'd like to see that change uh, will it i don't know probably not speaking of which did you get your 30k miles nope still haven't never heard back from 1k voice they're still dealing with stuff in the northeast i guess <laughs> Uh, yeah, wow. yeah. You know, at least you don't have to truck your aircraft fuselages around a uh, collapsed bridge in Montana. Oh yeah, like Boeing. <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah. So they they really they honestly cannot catch a break. This is wild. So the the route that the seven thirty seven fuselages take to get to the Boeing facility in Washington uh, collapsed into a river in Montana. Apparently tied to uh, a like. A derailment with some molten asphalt or something. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Um, but yeah, so planes can't make it to... They're having to take a hot highway, right? Like, they're having to be driven uh, yeah. around. Yeah, They're offloading them onto trucks, driving them to the other side of the river, and then putting them back on the rails. Uh, didn't, didn't something like this happen a few years ago? Yeah, well, that, it actually derailed with the planes on them. Yeah. And it's that's like the the picture of seven thirty seven spawning. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like I, like I feel like I'm having deja vu right now. It's been a while. That happened probably ten years ago at least. Yeah, you know, distributed manufacturing for the win. <laughs> yeah, 
Do you think? Do you think uh, Boeing is just like the executives are just like banging their heads against the desks in their offices? Like, are we serious? Is this really happening right now? I think there's got to be a little. Uh, are you effing kidding me? How? Like, what else could possibly go wrong? Don't ask that question, you moron. It will. Are you? Are you tra- like, why are you raising the challenge? Yeah, don't make it a challenge here. Come on. But uh, they have said they intend to meet their uh, production targets still. So we'll see. Uh, that's impressive if they do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then United uh, is making some changes in India or on their flights to India. Yeah, the winter schedule appears to be finalized now for starting October 31st for the winter season. Uh, Newark to Delhi goes double daily. Mm-hmm. So in addition to the current evening departure, there'll be a morning departure. Um, which is nice. I actually would be really nice if you have onward connection to in India. So you don't have to do that overnight in Delhi, which is pretty nice. That's, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Um, but O'Hare and San Francisco to Delhi, as well as Newark to Mumbai are suspended because of Russia overflight. Inaccess, non-access, inaccessible, whatever. Do you, is it simply because the winter winds require them to overfly is that is that how you take it because it seems weird that they would suspend it specifically newark mumbai does it not fly is it not already suspended is it, eh, is it flying now i thought it was newark mumbai no no nope. i didn't realize that yeah I, th- I think that those routes are too marginal without uh it would reach an overflight rush overflight I mean, they could, uh, candidly, they could do a 789. It would just take too long, I think. And I just don't think the economics are there. And now it's the... Yeah, because it's normally a 77W. Yeah. I mean, surprisingly, I'm actually a little surprised because they could... I mean, you're, one of the things you're going to say, Seth, is San Francisco Bangalore is pretty much dead on arrival, right? Like, it's it's not going to happen. It, it. I think that route is more or less impossible without Russia overflights. Yeah, I think so, too looking at it i mean there's no there's no way around it i guess you could go maybe up and over greenland but i would probably add way too much tech stop in guam <laughs> no thanks i'm good tech stop in quadrillion if we're gonna do it man i i just that runway couldn't handle a 789 let's be real oh they would do it with an all business class config 737 and it would still get stuck there um the high j763 <laughs> yeah uh i was i'm just saying like i wonder if they could they could do Bangalore with Newark. There's a lot of demand to Bangalore. Yeah. And right now, the only way to get there on Star Alliance is either Singapore or Frankfurt. I would venture to guess that if they could do it, they already would have. Yeah. Yeah. And according to the Great Circle, both of those, Newark, Mumbai, and Newark, uh, Bangalore, both have to go over Russia. Uh, well, that's the ideal route, but Newark to... Bangalore is 8,300 miles. Delhi to Newark is 7,300 miles. So it's an extra thousand. And that's assuming ideal routing, which in both cases involves uh, Russian overflight. Um, but, you know, if you bring it down, I'd sort of route it through Istanbul, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, oh, and I forgot. They, they, you also have the Newark uh, Dubai flight connecting on Emirates to Bangalore, which that's one of the perks of that flight, I guess. Yeah, but you, they didn't get the code share, which I know screws with some. It sh- you'd think it shouldn't, but screws with some of the stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. With without the Russian overflight, uh, Delhi becomes about seventy eight hundred miles, so five hundred miles extra. Bangalore from Newark would become about eighty five hundred, so only a couple hundred extra miles. But it's still pretty. 
that's still a pretty long trip. And Bangalore, the runway's at elevation. But yeah. you're, you're going to get hot and high challenges there, too. Only 3,000 feet, but that's and it's, but it's hot 3,000 feet. Yep. Damn. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it kind of stinks just because um, I think there's a, there's a lot of demand to India right now. Yeah. And there's not a lot of... There's not a lot of planes to fill it, and the, the ones that are filling it are, you know, Middle East carriers, and you know, Air India. But I, th- I mean, I think part of it is by design, right? The airlines are choosing not to fly the longer route, right? AA is still doing their route, which the JFK, yeah, right. And yeah, I'm sure UA could do Newark, Mumbai, but it would need to be out of seven eight nine most likely, and they're just choosing not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Are they doing any 789s out of Newark? Yeah. Know. Joburg, Cape Town. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. And Dulles to Joburg or Cape Town, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff. Um, and then Norwegian. Miami to Berlin and Paris. Because why not? Oh, hey, listen, man. Convincing a bunch of folks to go to Berlin from Miami seems like a great plan. I thought they were done with their transatlantic. Uh, who? Norwegian. Nah, this isn't Norwegian. Did I write Norwegian? You did. Sorry, Norse. God. Oh God, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> no, I'm the idiot. I just I can I think of Norse Atlantic as Norwegian. You know, um, <laughs> part, or, part, or, part 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 do. I have to say two in Norwegian. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I that's that's on me. Uh, Norse is doing uh, is going to add Miami, Berlin, and Paris this winter. On the seven events that used to be on by Norwegian. I mean, I guess to get out of the rain. It's oh. it's to get people out of Berlin, right? It's to get Germans out yeah. of Miami, obviously. But, uh, yeah, good times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, sorry, just seven eight sevens out of uh, Newark. United actually is flying Delhi this month with the seven eight seven. Oh, interesting. And then Cape Town, Sao Paulo, uh, Joburg, and Narita. We're all in the seven eight nine. Sao Paulo is a seven eight nine now. This month. <laughs> Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? We're going to talk about some premium wise stuff. We're going to talk about Virgin Group. We're going to talk about Amsterdam passport renewal updates and the bonus topics for our Patreon subscribers. But is there anything else you guys want to finish up with? I'm good. No. Well, thank you to our listeners. Uh, thank you to our new patron, uh, Brian K. We appreciate you supporting the show and uh, we will talk to you all in the next one. Happy travels. Bye bye.